Well, hello everyone. This is Barbara Rosconi. I am the host of Growing Social Now, and I am delighted to have you join us today. You can listen to us wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. And today I am super excited to introduce Chris McGuire. Chris is the Director of Client Growth and Engagement at McGuffin Creative Group. And Chris and I met at AMA Chicago in February when I moderated the Social Media Trends Panel. Chris is coming to us today to talk about financial services and social media. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for having me, Barbara. It's really nice to be here. Oh, I'm glad you're here. And I've worked on social media products, projects for financial services. I know there are challenges involved. So for those who are listening who aren't quite sure about all the regulatory guidelines that your clients have to comply with, can you fill us in? Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that I like most about financial services in general, but as, especially as it relates to social media is, you know, they, it is a regulated industry. And so because of that, there's the chance that you might make a promise or say something on your social media channels, whether you're an employee of a bank or speaking on behalf of the bank that could, you know, result in some pretty significant fines. And um, even just recently, Mass Mutual was fined $4.75 million because Ooh. of one of their employees who, um, who is actually somewhat responsible for the GameStop price, stock price inflation. And he was doing it on his own time, but he was still a registered securities broker. And he's still, um, he was actually responsible for financial wellness and education um, at Mass Mutual. And, um, you know, the, what he posted on YouTube resulted in um, GameStop's price to inflate 600% in just a matter of days. And so oh. <laughs> because he was doing that on his, free time, but he was still a registered broker with Mass Mutual. Mass Mutual was on the hook for, for that type of fine. So you have to be careful about not only what, you, what your company is doing, but what your employees are doing. And I think that's what makes this you know, a little bit challenging. Yeah, that's so true because uh, you, the employee is the voice of the company on social media. And that's a really big commitment and challenge. And it's just like trust and understanding. So what we're going to talk about today is how financial service organizations can better leverage social media, given that they do have these constraints. And Chris was kind enough to send over some really dazzling case studies with lots of gorgeous visuals. And one of the companies in particular we're going to talk about is Bank of the West. So Chris, why don't you tell us about the before and after and how they were able to leverage social media? So Bank of the West, um, they have a CMO named Ben Stewart who uh, came to the bank and, and his charge was to try to find a way to differentiate a, you know, a top 30 bank to compete mm -hmm. with the top five. And oh, so wow. it's a big charge. And yes. what he found was uh, Bank of the West is currently owned by BNP Paribas. And mm. BNP Paribas has a policy in place that they do not um, invest in projects that involve big tobacco. They don't invest in product projects that are involved with Arctic dr drilling, with mm -hmm. fracking or tar sand mining. Uh, and then they also have restricted investments in palm oil, wood pulp, and coal fire, coal fire power generation. And so when he learned that, he realized that there is this real strong foundation in uh, ESG, environmental social governance. And that's really what he found as his way to differentiate the bank from everybody else. 
And mm-hmm. so his, he came up with campaigns that were largely around um, what is your bank doing with your money? And so his idea was trying to connect with the consumers, um, not just with products and offers, but with making sure that their values are aligned with, with the bank. And you know, if you think about it, like we, no matter what money you have in your bank, whether it's your retirement fund, your checking account, your savings account, the bank is able to invest whatever dollars you put into that bank into whatever loans they want to give out. And so that, that when, when you think about what banks are doing with your money, then you're like, well, wait, what am, what am I doing to the world um, by, by being associated with those banks? And so it's really been kind of a cool framework. And then on top of that, they instead of investing in big tobacco and Arctic, Arctic drilling, they want to invest in women entrepreneurs and minority mm-hmm. businesses and like really trying to make this world a better place and not just from an environmental, but also from a social standpoint too, which I think is um, really differentiating and, and um, really been an interesting way to see how they've evolved over the past few years. I, I totally agree. And I think as we move forward, having values aligned with your purchasing power is becoming more important more important for, especially for like the millennials, but I think every age group is really looking for that. So what kind of results did they see with the campaigns that they did? Well, so the results, you know, we're under confidentiality, so I can't share too much. Yeah, exactly. That's true. (laughs) But um, I think the results that they found with their, uh, with their campaigns in general are just that, um, you know, they're, they're a California based bank. Mm -hmm. And so, um, there's a lot of liberal mindset, so they're, they're able to connect with a, a certain mindset, and, and they have seen some significant growth. Um, recently, though, BMO Harris Bank has, uh, they have come to an agreement to purchase Bank of the West. So oh. what will be interesting is what's going to happen to this ESG movement and, and how that's going to move forward. And I know that a lot of our clients and, and the people that work on that business you know, part of the reason they love that brand, because as you work on something so closely, you really come to, you know, your values are aligned. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're, they're interested to see how BMO Harris is going to maybe incorporate this and maybe even make it bigger. Yeah, that would be fantastic. So can you tell us as much as you can, we don't have a visual in front of us, but how do you translate those values into the creative? So there for, for one campaign that we did, it was about uh, women entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And um, what, what, what we did with them was create a campaign that really provided resources. The, the target was, was women who wanted to start a company, not necessarily had started one, but wanted to. And mm-hmm. so providing tools to help them plan and understand what they needed to do. Um, it was a, there was a microsite that, you know, a social media campaign driving them to landing pages um, in order to provide them with the knowledge and uh, information to empower them to, to really fulfill their dreams. And while doing that, you're positioning Bank of the West as someone who's interested and wants to support that group. And so I think that's been um, an interesting way to try to like cultivate those relationships from the beginning. And then in order to just allow them to just walk through the door and, and welcome them into the company. So um, that was one of the campaigns that we worked on. Um, and it was, you know, it, it wasn't just about the social media to connect with them, but it was also providing them with the tools to make their dreams come true. 
Yeah, and it feels like there's a sense of community there as well. And I think people are looking for a reason to belong. So do they have a community online for these women entrepreneurs or is there yeah. that development? Okay. Yeah, so that's kind of what they've been trying to cultivate by mm -hmm. having this, um, it's basically a, a hub of information for people to communicate and share uh, ideas and, and experiences. Wow, that's so great. Yeah. 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 And then the other ways to, to, to um, illustrate it is just really to bring to life the, the way that they are trying to protect, uh, protect the environment. Mm -hmm. And so talking about how they're, they're trying to, they have um, policies in place to protect the ocean. And so like we come up with these beautiful graphics of turtles and penguins mm -hmm. and, um, to really help illustrate, you know, that, you know, the money that you're investing in the bank is going towards the good of, of the world as well. Wow, I'm just getting all glowy thinking about it. <laughs> so one thing I noticed in the case studies you sent over is that emotion, and that's what we were just talking about without saying it, plays a big part. Absolutely. So, um, what would you say emotion's role is in social media and what type of emotion should you go for or try to go for? Well, you're trying to, to, to have an emotion that's either going, that, that's going to move somebody. So, mm -hmm. I mean, some of the ads that, that have been used for Bank of the West are like literally of cigarette butts. And so like, you know, they don't invest in big tobacco and, you mm -hmm. know, so, uh, you know, trying to say, trying to communicate that, um, where is your money going to? Is it going to cigarette butts? And, mm -hmm. you know, that that has a very, you know, uh, dissonant feeling when you, when you mm -hmm. see those kind of, um, those ads. Very di different from the idea of penguins and, um, and, and sea turtles, right? So mm -hmm. I think right. you're just trying to create different differentiation between, you know, the, the good and the bad and mm -hmm. paint those pictures in a different way. And social media, you know, it's always trying to get a glimpse in just a matter of seconds. Um, you, you literally have less than 10 seconds to grab someone's attention. And so you have to right. do that in a way that's, that's somewhat abrupt and, um, and in order to connect with those people either in a good or bad way, but to just grab their attention. So visuals are one way. I also noticed that you do a lot of stats and infographics. And I'm wondering if you could tell us about what's going on with organic versus paid on Facebook and Instagram. Are you seeing any trends for financial services that our listeners should be paying attention to? I don't know if it's just for um, financial services, but you know, I think really the key is to look at what is working on your organic. And mm -hmm. so if you take your initial posts and just see how they're performing, um, once you see one getting more attraction, more engagement, more views than another one, put some money behind it. Use those as your way to uh, use the organic as your proof to invest in that in that creative. Because I think that's the, that's the way that you're going to get the most bang for your buck, so to speak. Yeah, that's really a good tip. So it's kind of like whatever your audience is already voting on, that's what you should put your money behind. Right. Because likely yeah. if they're engaging with it, then um, the people that you're going to, if you can expand that audience mm -hmm. further outward, um, you're going to get more and more engagement. And it's going to, it's for whatever reason, it's going to work for you. And I actually was listening to uh, some speakers at, uh, from Meta last night mm. at an event, and they were talking about how their algorithms are so good that, you know, uh, they're, get, they're just through organic, they're going to get you in front of your audience. Um, and, you know, I, I agree with that too, but at the same point, 
as marketers, we're trying to get it further and faster. And right. so I think that's, that's why you want to pick which creative you're going to invest in uh, and then and really try to push that out as far as you can. Yeah, I love the way you talked about tying it into landing pages from social media. So what other marketing elements or components do you wrap around or does your social media drive the audience to? I mean, landing pages is a big piece. And, um, you know, we've done a lot of work with Business Wire and a lot of it has been segment focused. And what they're trying to do is really generate leads, which means I, you need a contact. And through social media alone, it's really hard to get their contact information. Oh, but if, yeah. you can drive them, if you can drive them to uh, a landing page to register for a webinar or to mm -hmm. register for, to, to download a white paper or to sign up for an event, then you actually have a contact and as somewhat of a warm lead. They obviously know who you are now mm -hmm. and uh, you have an opportunity to take that, um, that relationship further. And so that, that thought leadership is really, I think the piece, especially from a business to business standpoint, mm -hmm. but also from a con consumer standpoint, a little bit different, um, but you know, you're trying to provide them with information, tease them with the information that they're looking for. What, what's going to get them excited in order to do an action? You know, we're trying to create behaviors. Um, and then by sending them to a landing page, you can take those investments from social and actually have some metrics and KPIs that you can evaluate, you know, how well that creative is working for you. How well is that white paper working for you? Mm -hmm. How well is that webinar? And so I just like tailoring the content. Yeah, I like what you said, trying to create behaviors. I think that's really good. And, and what platforms are working for you right now? Are you doing anything with LinkedIn or TikTok or? <laughs> we haven't been doing much with TikTok. We do a lot with LinkedIn though. Okay. Um, especially for our B2B clients. It's, it's obviously a pretty natural uh, environment to do that. We also do work on Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, most of our clients are financial services and um, like wealth management firms and healthcare. And so mm -hmm. our demographics are, are more so on, you know, the, the older um, social networks than, than the TikToks of the world. Got it. Yeah, there's so much out there. <laughs> there really is. You know, <laughs> trying to evaluate when to get into that, mm -hmm. when to, to dive into those networks it is, a, is a tough, uh, tough decision to make. Because you're, it you're is. it's not that it, it's not that TikTok is just kids, because it's not. Um, you know, they're they're adults and they're there's a broad network out there, but and it has some great tools to engage with um, with people. It's just uh, when do you think you're you're ready to kind of make that leap? And and frankly, going back to the compliance piece, um, you know, some of our clients aren't able to track the activities uh, through a compliance standpoint. Uh, other than through um, Facebook. And so LinkedIn isn't even an option. And so oh, wow. there are compliance requirements that may prevent, uh, what, what, that are gonna play into those decisions from a, if you're working for a financial services organization. Got it. So do you do anything with videos or I'm thinking about even with influencers? I know American Express has influencers that do TV commercials. Is that something that financial services companies are interested in doing or should do? Yeah, I, I think, Influencers are definitely an opportunity. Um, the, the challenge I think though, from a, like a, a wealth management 
perspective, and we, we've talked a lot about this recently, is that there are, if you go on TikTok, you're going to find all these influencers who are not registered financial advisors mm-hmm. giving advice on, should you get a 15-year mortgage? Should you get a 30-year mm-hmm. mortgage? And they're mm-hmm. going to provide math for why you should get either one. And the, the challenge is, is that most registered financial advisors can't make that advice on social media because as part of their fiduciary responsibility, they're giving advice specifically to your situation. They're not giving blanket statements about whether a 15-year mortgage or a 30-year mortgage is better for you. And so what's interesting is like, you've got all these people who, you know, a, fi- a registered financial advisor would claim is not qualified to be giving that advice, um, giving advice to people that, you know, people are really interested in. And, and you know what? A lot of times it's helpful information, mm-hmm. but yet the people who really are certified and have the, the, the education, the background to give that advice aren't allowed to give that advice as freely. And mm-hmm. so it really creates kind of a, a like there's a, an animosity between a financial advisor and, and these influencers. So to bridge that gap can be a little bit challenging. And, and at the same time, like if, say Northwestern Mutual is going to partner with an influencer and start having them sponsor and share this information. It puts them in somewhat of a bind from a compliance standpoint, because they really need to be able to review and approve whatever is going out. Yeah. I think one of the ways I've seen that work kind of sort of is if um, a financial services institution sponsors some content like for businesses and they have someone who is an influencer in B2B who writes about business tips, but it's completely out of their area. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. There's so much, geez, Chris, I could talk to you all afternoon. There's so much to talk about, but what I do want to talk about is AMA Chicago, American Marketing Association, Chicago. And I want to talk about your involvement and why is it important to join organizations like AMA? You're going to be the president-elect. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And, uh, I'm very excited. Yeah. So what what can what do you recommend that people do when they come upon opportunities like this? Should they do? I've always been a big proponent that if you're going to uh, dedicate your life to a profession, then you should get involved in the associations. And and it's not just to have the, the card that mm-hmm. you're a member, but to actually get get involved and volunteer and go to the events and make sure that you are really part of that organization. You mm-hmm. can't get what you really need out of an organization standing on the sidelines. And so yeah, I found um, really kind of picking which organization fits best for you, what your goals are, what kind of information you're looking for, uh, and then just diving in. Trust me, people, the, the organizations want your help, whether it's mm-hmm. helping with sponsorship or programming or um, or community involvement, getting partnerships. There's there's just so many opportunities. And what I like about getting involved with any of these organizations is it's an opportunity for you to sharpen and expand your skills. And so let's say you don't have a lot of experience in analytics. There's a whole analytics team that, that volunteers for the AMA Chicago that need your help and are willing to help teach you a little bit more along the mm-hmm. way. And so they'll give you tools. Um, and then from there, like you can put that on your resume that you actually did the job, especially people who are trying to make a career change or trying to broaden their skills. Um, it's just a great way to, to learn from experts and, um, and, and expand kind of your horizons. 
Well said, well said. And, and one thing I would just add is I love being around other marketers. And, you know, if you really love hanging out with people who are like you, that's where you have to go find them, you know, <laughs> a lot easier than trying to round people up, you know, you can yes. just walk in and get involved. So I'm really excited to see you in Chicago for AMA Brand Smart coming up in a few weeks. And uh, one way we close uh, Growing Social Now, but before we do that, we'll find out how do we find you online? Yeah, um, I am very active on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, okay. You can look me up um, and happy to, you know, in your invitation, say you listen to the podcast. I'm happy to accept your invitation and mm -hmm. would love to connect and learn how we can work together. Yeah, so contact Chris, because as you can see, he's a wealth of information, not just for social media and financial services, but I'm betting Chris has some fantastic connections in marketing. And if you're part of his network on LinkedIn, then you're really in a very wonderful place to be. Thank so you. Chris, you're welcome. Um, I always ask my guests, what is your word of the day? Well, my word of the day is spring, not just because of the flowers in the background, but um, because I'm about to go on spring break. Oh. We're finally in enjoying some warmer weather here in Chicago. It's been very dreary, rainy and cold and even some flurries. So I am, uh, I'm optimistic about spring coming. You're ready. I yeah. am more than ready. <laughs> okay. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being my guest. And this is Barbara Rosconi on Growing Social Now. I invite you to listen and follow us everywhere you like to listen to your podcasts. Until next time, grow your social now. And thank you so much, Chris. Thank you.